bringing the world three days and 50 miles closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis. Whether walker or crew, veteran or new, join us as we share news and memories from MS Challenge Walk. Good morning, listeners of MS Challenge Talk. Thank you for tuning in to this weekly podcast about MS Challenge Walk, bringing the world three days and 50 miles closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis. My name is Ken Gaggy, and I am your host. And yet, despite that, you're still listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week on the podcast, we'll be talking with Danielle Kemp, Development Manager for the Greater New England Chapter of the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, followed by an interview with Jody Dwyer, the captain of the Bean Team. Then we'll be looking at fundraising events that are occurring this week. And before all that, you get to listen to me talk about how the MS Challenge Walk is only a month and a day away from today, August 6th. This is episode 14 of MS Challenge Talk. We started the show in early May, and here we are in early August. Have you met your fundraising goal yet? Have you raised $1,500 to bring the world closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis? I know for a lot of people that is a very intimidating number, and it was the first year I did it. I didn't sign up for the event until late July, at which point I furiously mailed out as many letters as I could. I still send out letters, and I still do it furiously, but this year I have a little bit more order to things. I mailed my letters this year in late May, early June, and just last week I sent out a reminder email. I keep a list of everybody who I've solicited, by what medium I solicited them, and who has responded and who hasn't. So anybody who hasn't responded yet, I sent them a reminder email. This was also a good opportunity for me to solicit people who I have thought of in the time since my letters went out. It's never too late to email somebody and ask them for their support. And sure enough, I've gotten a few responses, and my fundraising continues to climb. I've also gotten back in the saddle, which is important for those of us on the bicycle support crew. Some people call it cheating, but we actually end up bicycling more miles than you walk, so it kind of balances out. Lately, I've been trying something a little different and using a bicycle sharing program like Hubway in Boston to get to and from work every day. So rather than hop in my car or take the public transit, I actually am walking about 15 minutes to a bicycle sharing station, bicycling for 20 minutes, then walking another 5 to 10 minutes. It's actually a really nice routine, and it gets me going in the morning. How do you get going in the morning? Do you wait until the sun is setting before you start training? Or do you get up before the sun is even up and while it's still nice and cool and the dew is on the grass and get your walk in then? Whichever way you do it, I hope you are walking because it's it's good for you and it's good for the cause. Speaking of the cause, let's talk to Danielle now and find out what's new with the MS Challenge Walk this week. I'm sure she'll have some helpful insights and reminders for us. And then we'll talk to Jody and then back to me. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning, Ken. Or should I say, development manager. (laughs) Thank you. Congratulations on your promotion. I Thank you. I appreciate it. New title, but same responsibilities. I'm happy. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that the Challenge Walk gets to keep you. Thank you. I am too. And speaking of which, what does the development manager have for us about the Challenge Walk today? Just want to remind everyone that today is the due date to get that housing form in. Everyone attending the Challenge Walk must complete the form, regardless of where you're staying during the event weekend. The form verifies your emergency contact information as well, so that's why all walkers and crew need to fill it out. We also work our hotel shuttle schedule off of it, so we need to make sure everybody's staying at a hotel that's on our schedule if they're staying off-site. to get that covered. So please get that form in. Today is the last day that will be open. So we really need it in. I recall that historically you've mailed that form out. Is, is that something that you still do? The last two years we've done it online only and haven't really had any problems. We've given people without computer access the option to call in and have it filled out for them. And we have about two people a year that take advantage of that. So most people have no problem filling it out online. How do those two people even find out about the form? 
uh, we make sure they know. <laughs> we call them or um, email them or it, it's some, they find out. <laughs> Have you gotten a good response so far? So far, yes. I, we're, we're very happy about that. And the if you're looking for the link, it's on the Facebook page pinned to the top. Or you can always email me or call me and I'll get it filled out for you. And I'll be sure to include a link to it in the notes for this podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. Great. Well, I know that we're all looking forward to another wonderful weekend at the Cape Cod Sea Camps. We are as well. I can't wait for everybody to be there. And it's approaching quickly, but that's a good thing. We're so happy with the family reunion. It's coming up so quick. I know that's how the Titans look at it, as they mentioned last week. Yeah, I've always looked at it that way even before I was staffed. They become your extended family even if they're not really related to you. It's just once you're there, you get that experience of you're meeting old friends, and it's great. First-year walkers, you're going to love it. And veterans, you know that's true. (laughs) So it's kind of like a family reunion that you want to attend. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Great. Well, I look forward to seeing you in just a little over a month. Sounds great. great. Thanks, Danielle. Of course. Our guest in the studio this week is Jody Dwyer, captain of Team Bean. Is that correct? The Bean Team. The Bean Team. I'm sorry. How are you, Jody? Good. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How long have you been captain of that team? This will be the first year. Oh, really? Because you've been a member of the team for a while now, haven't you? Well, I've been on the crew for the last two years, but this is the first time I'm walking. I must be thinking of your team as having existed for other MS events, right? Yeah, the team also does the Boston MS Walk, and we've done that for the past four years. Which is also about how long you've been doing the challenge walk, right? One year less for the challenge walk. Right, because I think I met you in February of 2010 at a bowling party that the MS funded at Lucky Strikes in Boston. Yeah, I think you were one of the people that talked me into being on the crew. Oh, am I to blame for that? I'm sorry. (laughs) You must hate me now. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) So what has your job been on the crew for MS Challenge Walk? So both years that I did the crew, I was involved in the big top tent, doing the decorations for the events and getting everything set up for both the Friday and Saturday night events. How did you get recruited into that specific assignment? Um, I'm not really sure. I think we were just given options of the different things that were available, and that sounded like fun. So my mom also did the crew with me, and uh, we just thought that would be a fun time. I think most people, when they think of crew, they think of the people at each of the rest stops. They forget that. When they get back to the sea camps, there's a lot that goes into preparing for their arrival there, too. Right, right. So what was it that brought you to MS Challenge Walk in the first place, if I may ask? I had been involved with the Boston Walk, and like you said, I was at an event at Jillian's and talking to a bunch of people there that were doing the MS Challenge Walk. And at that point, I didn't think that I would ever want to walk it. And that's when I was introduced to the fact that there was a crew and that you could still be involved in the event without walking the entire walk. So it sounded intriguing, and I talked to my mom about it, and she was interested. And so we just thought it would be a fun way to get involved with another type of event. Because the Boston Walk just wasn't enough for you? Yeah, well, you know, the Boston Walk is great, and it's a great opportunity for me to get together with my family and friends and do something for MS, do something together, raise awareness, raise money. But it's not really a chance to connect with others that have MS because um, it's such a short event. So this was a way to meet others with MS. And when you say others, you have MS? Yes. And how long ago were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed in September of 2008. So that's that's still fairly recent. Yep. So right around Challenge Walk, it will be four years. And it sounds like you wasted no time in getting involved with the society. Yeah, I pretty much got involved 
um, just months after I got diagnosed because I got diagnosed in September and the Boston Walk was in April. So I made my team by January and had started fundraising. And how did you make that transition so quickly? Many people after their diagnosis, it takes them a long time to come to terms with it, to choose to be open about their diagnosis. But within a half a year, you were out on the trail. Yeah, I think it's just my personality. I'm a social worker professionally, specifically a medical social worker. So I work in a hospital. I'm very familiar with working with people when they get bad news, new diagnosis, things like that. So while it was still shocking to get the news for myself, I think uh, it just was able to adjust pretty quickly because of what I do for a living. And just, I don't know, I guess that's just how I dealt with it was getting involved. Have you worked with patients who have MS? Not really. Uh, I work with mostly older adults and, and elderly at the hospital I work with. I have had a few patients with MS, but not my primary cases. So this diagnosis, it wasn't really anything you had a lot of exposure to. It was sort of out of left field. Oh, yeah, it was definitely out of left field. When I got diagnosed, I wasn't working in a hospital yet, and I knew nothing about MS. And I'm sure you brought yourself up to speed pretty quickly. Yeah, luckily, you know, when I Googled MS, I found the National Society's website pretty quickly, if not first, which was good that I fell upon that because it had such reliable information. And when I saw that not only was there a local chapter, but somebody that had all these events, both educational events and um, fun events like the walk, I was really excited to realize that there was a strong community right here in, in the area that I live. It's great that we have so many online resources to research this stuff. When my mother was diagnosed with MS, it was in 1990, and m many of us didn't know where to turn because we didn't, we couldn't just Google it. Right. I know. I think the internet definitely helps with that now because you don't have to ask the questions that you don't want to ask. You can turn to the internet. You can read a lot of the information, learn more. And then if you still have questions, you know, you can reach out to people to ask, but it at least gives you a chance to kind of read about it and get comfortable with some of the information that you may not be ready to ask people about. As long as you find your way to the right source online. Exactly. <laughs> That's why the MS Society's website was a great thing to fall upon because it obviously had reliable information. You you mentioned raising a team for that first Boston walk within just a few months of the diagnosis. Was that mostly family? Yeah, the first year, it was a mix of family and friends. Uh, my entire family participated and then a handful of friends that lived in this area and each year, the team's grown in size, which has been nice to see. A lot of people have done it all four years with me, and some have been able to do it one or two years, but not all of them. Um, but every year, the team's gotten bigger and raised you know, a good deal of money. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Did you do the Boston Walk this year, knowing that you were going to also be doing the Challenge Walk? I did. So I kind of had to strategize my fundraising this year. I think the Bean Team raised just over 7000 for the Boston MS Walk. Um, the year before, we had raised over 10000 So I had to scale back my fundraising a little bit for the Boston Walk so that I could also fundraise for the Challenge Walk. And I've had a couple fundraising events that um, I've done for the Challenge Walk, so that's been helpful with raising money here so that I don't have to rely on all personal donors. What sort of fundraising events have you held? Uh, the first one I did with my sister-in-law, who's walking the Challenge Walk with me. We did it at the Paint Bar in Newton which is a place where you can go and basically there's a painting assigned for that night and a teacher kind of walks you through step-by-step step to paint it. So we did a private fundraiser there and the paint bar donated $10 for every person back to us. So we ended up each raising over $300 doing that. 
And it was a lot of fun. It's something we both really like to do. So it was a fun event. We also had a 50-50 raffle, which brought us in another, um, you know, like $100 or so. And then I also did a fundraiser with um, two, like, I don't know what to call them, two home shopping kind of companies. One is called Stella and Dot. It's jewelry. And the other one is an online company. It's called Sweet Tea Papery. They sell a lot of monogrammed items. So basically I set up a party where people could kind of stop in and look at the items or shop online for people that weren't in Massachusetts. And I raised, um, I don't even remember, maybe three or $400 with that. Smaller fundraisers, but, you know, doing a couple of those, it adds up. Yeah, very quickly. How close are you to your goal now? I think I'm at about 1200 so pretty close. And I haven't even asked anyone for personal donations yet, so I'm just getting ready to start doing that. I'm going to send out a letter and, you know, start with the emails and Facebook and all of that. So it sounds like you actually prefer fundraising events to personal solicitations? Well, I like both, but I like to find a balance just because now that I've been doing this for, for four years, you know, I've relied on the same people to give personal donations every year. And I know that can get tough for people. And I want to be able to have other opportunities to raise money in case people aren't able to give year after year. So I'll still ask people for money. But, you know, I think doing these events is another good way to kind of guarantee that I can raise the money. How did you find those fundraising opportunities like the paint bar and the online retailers? With the paint bar, my sister-in-law and I had been there as um, customers before. And so we had heard about them doing fundraisers and we just talked to the owner about it and she was really great about setting it up with us it was real easy to do and with the other one uh the Stella and Doc consultant is my cousin so she had offered to do a jewelry party and donate 50 percent of her commission to me for ms wow that's very generous yeah yeah it was great and she's she's been very involved she's run the marathon on the ms team and she's doing the cape cod getaway on an ms team so She's been really involved and supportive. So what's it like knowing that you're going to be upping the ante, walking three miles at the Boston Walk for the last three or four years, to now walking 50 miles? That must be very intimidating. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I said, I think I must be crazy. (laughs) I think we're all a little crazy. (laughs) How are you getting ready for that? Well, hopefully I'll be training a lot more as as, uh, the weeks go by. But I, you know, I've been walking trying to walk a couple nights a week, just just a couple miles, but just to kind of keep it as part of my routine. And then as the summer comes to an end, you know, I'll try to increase how much I'm walking just to prepare my body a little bit more. But I think it's one of those things that hopefully adrenaline and just the energy of everyone else will help get me through it. You're in the Boston area, right? Yes. So do you find it challenging to walk with all the traffic or do you find a quiet park and enjoy the scenery? Yeah, there's a couple places that I go to walk. There's one in Brookline that's around a reservoir that's a really nice place to walk. And it's, you know, there's usually a bunch of people walking there. And even just, I live in Brighton, so you can walk around Brighton pretty easily and not have to worry too much about the traffic. It's just finding the motivation. (laughs) And the time and the energy and everything else. Right. Do you walk with other people to keep you motivated? I haven't that much. Uh, I have one friend that occasionally will get together to walk, but just with scheduling and everything, it can be really challenging. So sometimes I just have to, you know, squeeze it in myself when I have the time to do it. Since you are walking this year, that means you will not be running the big top tent, right? Right. So who will be? I'm not sure. My mom's still going to do crew this year. I'm not sure if she's going to do 
the tent or if she's going to get involved in some other area. But hopefully there'll be a good group down there. Your mom, she's done the Boston Walk with you? Yep. How many people from your Boston team are following you down to Cape Cod? Right now it's just my sister-in-law and I. Uh, my sister-in-law walked it last year with my cousin. And at the end of the walk, when we were um, in Hyannis, they had already said that they were going to do it again. And I think I got sucked up in all the emotion and decided I would do it too. And unfortunately, my cousin had to back out about a week later because she found out she had a wedding that weekend. So she would have done it again with us if it wasn't for that conflict. But right now, it's just my sister-in-law and I. And if anyone else wants to join us, they're more than welcome. But I haven't heard anyone wanting to do that yet. I've always wondered how it is people find teams. Sometimes they join a team just because they're by themselves. And there are teams out there who will say, well, we'll take anybody. Right. Well, the nice thing is that I know a lot of people that do the challenge walks. Even if you're a small team, it doesn't matter because there's so many people that you meet or that you know from other events that everyone just kind of hangs out and and uh, like joins up at the different different parts of the events. Right. Once you're down there, the team lines kind of blur together. Right. Especially because the larger teams, everybody walks at a different pace, so they end up breaking up anyway. Right. You mentioned wanting to join these events to connect with the larger community, but as the organizer of the Big Top, you haven't really been able to get on the trail much yet. So have you developed that sense of community while staying at the sea camps? Definitely. In the first year alone, you know, I met so many other volunteers, either that had MS themselves or had a family member or a friend. Um, so it was nice just like on a smaller, smaller scale, just with that group of volunteers at the Big Top tent getting to know people. And then, you know, just meeting people, it seems like everyone is willing to talk and share their story and get to know people. So I definitely have met a ton of people through the through the walk. And then it seems like once you do one event, you find out that those people also do another separate event. So, for example, the Fashion Plates Fashion Show, there's a lot of overlap with that and the challenge walks. So the MS world starts to become smaller and smaller with the more events you do. Have you done the Fashion Plates event? I did for the first time last year. And for our listeners who haven't been there, exactly what is that? It is a fashion show. Um, all the women that are the models have MS. It's a fashion show luncheon at a hotel in Boston. It's a really nice event. And the models, we got, you know, we went down to a clothing store and got clothes in our outfits and then modeled them during the event. And they talk about, obviously, MS and, and about the clothes while while people are on the stage. So what exactly is the message there that you can't tell by looking at somebody as MS? The slogan for the event is real women, real stories. And I think the message behind it is to show that even women with MS, women of all ages can, can do this, can model, can walk the runway and show off these beautiful clothes and show that there's more to them than just their MS. So it's pretty inspiring. It's really fun too, since there's, you know, last year when I was involved, there was the youngest girl was in college and, you know, there were women probably all the way up to their, to their 60s. So it's a nice range of ages and you got to meet all different types of people. Sort of reminds me of the fashion show that we all do that last half mile down in Hyannis when we put on different colored shirts. Right, right. It's always so inspiring to realize that the people you've been walking alongside with for 50 miles they're putting on orange shirts. They've done this with MS. Yeah, I know. The first year I did it, I remember looking around that day and saying like, oh, wow, he has MS or she has MS because you see them with the orange shirt and you 
you're surprised because you think they, you know, oh, they look so good. They're doing the walk so easily. And then you realize, you know, that they also have MS. So it's pretty cool that you can't tell when you're, you know, when you're at the events. Are there any particular individuals you've met or experiences you've had while down the sea camps that really stand out? Well, one, one neat thing was the first year that I got involved with the challenge walk, I ended up reconnecting with somebody that I went to high school with. He has a challenge walk team and his sister has MS. So I also went to high school with her. She was a few years younger than me in high school. Uh, and then I found out that another friend from high school also walked for her on a separate team. So that was kind of neat to connect with people from my hometown that, you know, I wasn't even aware of had a connection to MS and, you know, I've seen them at the other events. So that was, that was kind of fun. I had a similar experience my first year. I was looking at name badges and I saw somebody was from the same hometown as me and we started chatting and then I looked up from his name badge at his face. I'm like, oh, we went to grade school together. Yeah, it just shows you it's such a small world. Yeah. And so many people are affected by MS either directly or indirectly. Yeah. What is your biggest concern about this being your first time walking the walk? Probably just like the recovery process of it. I know how I can be, you know, I'm pretty healthy with in terms of my MS. I have never had a relapse since my original diagnosis. And probably the biggest thing I struggle with is fatigue. So I really try to manage that by not letting my body get get to the point of being fatigued. But I can definitely tell when I've pushed it. You know, when I've had a crazy week or really busy weekend, I can feel it in my legs. I can feel it in my body. So I think, you know, my biggest concern is just that I'll be able to do the walk just fine, but it will take a lot out of me and, you know, many days, week to recover. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea to schedule some time off from work after the event. Right. Yeah, definitely not a bad idea. Since you are fairly healthy with your MS, I could see you being able to justify not participating in these walks because it's easy to ignore. You're not that severe or critical yet. What is your motivation to do this when your MS hasn't progressed to that point yet? Well, I think since day one, I've just looked at it as, you know, I can do these events. I can do the walks. I can participate. And there's plenty of people out there that can't either for physical reasons or just, um, you know, emotionally can't handle it. So I just feel like as long as I'm able to do it, that it's just my way to contribute and to give back. And, you know, the more people that are involved... And the more people raising money, the you know better chance we have of finding a cure in my lifetime. So I guess you know that's my motivation is to not have to do shots someday. I think that's a fantastic motivation, and we're very lucky to have you on the route. Thanks. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me. I look forward to seeing you this September, and uh, I hope that whoever does take the big top, they're going to have some big shoes to fill, and I hope they're up to it. Oh, I'm sure they will be. Thanks, Jody. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time, Jody. It was great to chat with you some more. I remember when we met at Lucky Strikes for an MS Challenge Walk social event a couple years ago, and it's been great counting you among my friends since then. Let's take a look at this week's event calendar. As promised, things are heating up as we get closer to the date of the walk. I'm going to start with four events that are ongoing and then go into two that are unique to this week. First, a reminder about Dining to Donate at the Hilton Garden Inn. This is ongoing through September 10th at the Great American Grill in Devons, Massachusetts. Go ahead and enjoy a lunch or dinner there, and with this coupon that's available on our event calendar, 15% of your bill will be donated to the Blister Buddies. We have two different Yankee Candle fundraisers. Elizabeth Curley, who was selling candles earlier this year, is back and selling candles through August 15th. 40% of the proceeds from your sale goes to Elizabeth Curley and her fundraising. 
You need to place your order directly with Elizabeth, so go ahead to the Yankee Candle online store to select your product and then contact her to actually place the order. The same thing goes with Dory Riley, who's also doing a Yankee Candles fundraiser. Take a look at the catalog and then email Dory. This is ongoing through August 31st. How you choose whether to support Dory or Elizabeth is up to you, but it all goes to the same cause in the end. And then Team Hotpack, the team captain being Jenny McKenzie, who we interviewed here a few weeks ago. They are also doing an online fundraiser, just like the Yankee Candles, except they are selling products from Tastefully Simple, whose catalog features a wide selection of convenient, easy-to-prepare foods designed to help people spend less time in the kitchen and more time enjoying the rest of their lives. There is a set of instructions on the Challenge Blog event calendar on how to find Team Hot Packs, a tastefully simple online fundraiser. And this is ongoing through August 31st. 50% of all sales will go to Team Hot Pack. And the last ongoing fundraiser we have is from Ellen Ponkey of Team TWA, a company called Wicked Cool Sea Glass, which I assume you wouldn't find anywhere but Massachusetts, has donated 15 MS Awareness necklaces. They are being sold at $15 each, and only 15 necklaces are available. So go ahead and email Ellen Ponkey to place your order, and your necklace will be delivered to you at MS Challenge Walk. As soon as these necklaces sell out, I will update the blog to let you know, but the event is ongoing until they do sell out. So place your order quick and soon. Another ongoing event, but not quite as ongoing as the others, is Not Your Average Cause. This is a fundraiser for Team Reason to Stride. Go ahead and check out Not Your Average Joe's Restaurant in Norwell, Massachusetts, any Wednesday this month. Present a coupon that's available on our website, and 15% of your total purchase will go to the team. Not Your Average Joe's is open 11.30 a.m. to 10 p.m., so you can go there for lunch, dinner, or after-dinner drinks. And speaking of drinks, Team Cocktails for a Cure is having their 7th annual MS Softball Tournament. This is happening at the Joker's Lounge in Dracut, Massachusetts on August 11th at 10 a.m. And for $15, you get to watch the game and, and have as many hamburgers, hot dogs, and salad as you want. There will also be live music, raffle tickets, and drinks available for purchase. You may want to take a chair to sit out on the grass to watch the games as the deck can get crowded. Details for all of these events. Details for all six of these events are available on our calendar at challengetalk.org slash calendar, where you can also submit your own event to be listed on our website, in our podcast, on Facebook, and more. As we get closer to the Challenge Walk, things will be getting even busier and even more exciting, because what you've all been waiting for will finally be here. The wait will be over, and as Danielle said, we'll finally be able to reunite with our family. I look forward to seeing you all in just a month. Until then, we have a few more podcasts to listen to, so stay tuned, and I'll talk to you soon. This has been MS Challenge Talk. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.challengetalk.org.